Welcome into the October 17th episode of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. The Leafs are coming off a victory Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators. We'll break that game down. Matt Murray was expected to start in that one. However, change of plans. He'll miss four weeks instead. But that could actually be a blessing in disguise for Toronto. I'll explain why in a moment. And then with the Yotes coming to town tonight, we'll quickly tee that game up. We are three keys of the game all that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure, be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video format. We're on YouTube. That's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Hit the little notification bell as well so that it can let you know when we upload new content, which is each and every day, Monday through Friday, five days a week, five new shows, all Leafs, all the time. If you are part of Leafs Nation, you got to be part of the Locked On Leafs podcast as well. What's going on, Dave? How was your weekend? It was a busy one. Uh, definitely on, on Saturday with all the hula hoopla of what was going on with the goaltending situation. Yeah, so it was a busy one for her for, for the Maple Leafs. Absolutely. Saturday in particular. Um, so if if you are unaware exactly of what happened, um, Matt Murray was expected to start in his revenge game against the Ottawa Senators Saturday night. Did not happen. He ended up kind of tweaking something in uh, in practice early that morning at, at morning skate and ended up uh, costing himself a chance to play that game and actually will cost him the next four weeks. Uh, an adductor injury is what they're calling it, um, which is in the inner thigh. I looked it up. It's in the inner thigh, which – you know, for goaltenders, if they're moving side to side, pushing off of legs, that's kind of important uh, to, to not have a strain there. So um, he was placed on LTIR, and what that means is he'll miss uh, 10 games or 28 days. So he will be out for uh, for about four weeks or so, and we'll see what happens beyond there. But, uh, you know, I hate to say that we didn't somewhat anticipate this. Like, we were all hopeful that he could stay healthy, but, I mean – History always repeats itself, doesn't it, Dave? Yeah, especially goaltenders and, you know, any little injury or an injury history, it's tough for them to shake. Like, goaltenders put a like, significant amount of stress on their bodies with the movements that they do. And even, like, you think, oh, it happened in practice. They, they don't treat practice any differently than they do a game in terms of the stretches they do and the drills they do. Like, it's not like they're out for like a little light skate. So to see it happen in practice is unfortunate. But I think it was you that said at least he lasted longer than Peter Morazic did. <laughs> I did. It was, it was very cheeky kind of joke. But yeah. at least he did play a full game and finish the whole game, unlike Peter Morazic. But uh, still, I don't think we should be too pleased about it. 
No, like I did mention that injuries was going to be a concern with Matt Murray in terms of how his performance would be this year, but didn't expect it to happen after the first game of the season. No, that's the unfortunate part. I I just it, it, the thing I don't like I don't like is kind of a the doomsday scenario like everyone's just like losing their minds over it and all of a sudden it becomes a failure on management like well, we knew this was a possibility yeah was it was it a great I mean was is Kyle Dubas looking great right now not particularly when you you know your goaltending situation is in flux. But it's not the end of the world. I think that's the thing that I wasn't happy about. From it's not the end of the world, but it is. It does like Dubas looks bad on it because a lot of a big reason why people didn't like the trade was because they couldn't trust Matt Murray to stay healthy. He hadn't been really his entire career. Even go back to in Pittsburgh. I mean, when they won those cups, he wasn't the true starter. He got injured in those cup runs. Like the guy legitimately hasn't gone a season where he hasn't gotten injured. So, you know, injury has always been part of his history and, and that was always going to be kind of the worry. Okay. You're bringing this guy in to be a tandem yet. He very rarely is reliable enough to actually be a tandem for a whole year alongside Sam Sonov. At some point you had to think he was going to get hurt. And if you're, if you think that's the case, well, why are you rolling the dice on that guy? Cause then you're not going to get the tandem that you, very so want like now this is going to be Samsonov's net and he's got to run with it you know no matter what like Shalgren he'll get a game or so I'm sure I, I did hear Sheldon Keefe this morning say that Shalgren will probably get a couple of games at some point throughout the the next few weeks here well I think there's a back-to-back actually this weekend um they've got I think it's San Jose and uh they're they got the California road trip. Yeah. So it's either San Jose and Anaheim or LA and Anaheim. One of those two. I think it's San Jose, LA. Uh, no, you know, sorry. It's LA Anaheim. Cause it's yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So they got LA Anaheim. So you gotta think he's going to get one of those games. Right. Yeah. I would say the, I probably say the tail end of it, but I mean, it's also a long, that's like what five games away. So maybe he'll get one game in between just to kind of, Give I, I would say you could probably to end the month because they do that final game against the Ducks ends the month. I say there's a good chance Shalkin gets two games out of that stretch. Yep, very well could, but still, like Shalgren is what he is. You know what I mean? Like he's not necessarily an NHL starter, someone who you hoped you know can can put you in a position to win games. Can he hang in there and you know win games because your offense could potentially score five six goals in a game? Sure. Saw that happen last year a lot, right? But yeah. he was a sub nine hundred goalie with 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 the goals above a above three, goals against above three. So yeah, they're gonna have to definitely show up offensively in order to pick up wins over the next little bit when they got him in. But to go back to Matt Murray, um, you know, obviously this isn't this is not great for uh, for Kyle Dubis. A little bit of egg on his face here, but I'll say this as a team from a team perspective when you look at this as a whole there are some benefits to it so by placing him on LTIR on Saturday that opened up a lot of cap space because now they can go back deeper into their LTI space and with him they're able to recall Nick Robertson recall Victor Mete and recall Wayne Simmons and have a full 23 as well as Eric Chalgren by the way and have a full 23-man roster 
for the upcoming road trip. I think that is beneficial, extremely beneficial to have these guys um, come up there because if an injury occurred, they would have been kind of screwed, to be honest with you. Um, and they still have, what, $1.49 million in cap space. So, you know, now even when Timothy Lilligren comes back, they have the cap space to bring him in without having to make a move. So depending on how long Matt in Matt Murray's injury is, um, kind of, again, kicks the can down the road of having to make a move and alter this roster in any way uh, just because of the amount of LTIR space that they'll have. But uh, ultimately, you don't want to see it, but there is some benefits to uh, to all this happening. And on top of it, it really gives him sort of a chance to flourish, right? He's going to get a big run here. He's going to get a run of games. It might give him an opportunity to get into a groove. You kind of seen him now through a couple of games. We'll get to the Ottawa game in just a moment. Uh, but you saw him through two games now, kind of looking to get better and better. And he seems to be a player that gets better as the game goes on. At least that's been the case through two games. Um, so perhaps he's somebody who the more he plays, the better he gets. So now with a, a big run, a good stretch of games, Perhaps Samsonov can finally turn into that top-end goaltender that the Caps thought they had years ago when they took him with a first-round pick. So although, yes, it is very unfortunate, and also Matt Murray's under contract next season as well, uh, which does stink, but it's unfortunate that the injury did occur. There are some positives that uh, the Maple Leafs can kind of lean on if you want to have a glass-half-full approach to it. Yeah, I, I did see also, though, that uh, Matt Murray's contract might be a little easier to... I, I read somewhere about the bio with Matt Murray's contract might not be as bad. Well, I can tell it's, you in two seconds. Go on with your, your point. And I'll let I you went down road. that road. Like if, if that's like an actual issue where, you know, they need to figure out, you know, Matt Murray's situation going forward. But I, I do think that, yeah, Elias Samson, this is exactly the reason the Leafs brought him in, right? And and I think the good thing for the Leafs is that he's on a, a – he's an RFA at the end of the year, right? So this is not somebody that you're afraid of losing if, let's say, he does turn into what Washington thought he was going to be when they brought him in as a first – like, he was a right. first-round pick. The team doesn't put a first – you know, draft a goalie in the first round unless they think he's going to be that franchise guy, this this is what the Washington Capitals are. Now, he's got a long way to prove that he can be that here in Toronto, but this is certainly probably the best opportunity he, he is going to get, and I'm sure he probably didn't expect it you know, to come this early in his tenure in Toronto. Can we talk about this bio situation with Matt Murray? You know yes. how much money his base salary is next year? $8 million. Wow. Eight million. That guy's going to get a check for eight million bucks next year. Well, not one check, but like that's what he's due to make in the in the 23, 24 season. So if they were to buy him out this summer, you're right. It's actually not that bad. They would get uh, a cap hit next season of 687,000. That's it. So they would actually save, um, you know, a little bit of money off of that cap. In terms of the following year, uh, only two million would be against that cap, so they would save what two point six million dollars or two point seven, I guess, um, the following season. Or well, I guess that would be added the two million dollars. So never mind, scratch yeah. that. They save roughly four million next year, but we'll get an extra two million dollar dead cap hit the following season in order to uh, to buy them out. But that year, we're expecting a decent jump 
in uh, in the salary cap. So potentially, yes, this could be a a solution. Let's hope that he returns after this adductor injury and plays better and is is I don't know worth the contract of four point eight seven five or four point seven five, whatever he's making right now in that range. But yeah, just a, a bit of a tough blow for for Matt Murray. Um, just after one game with the Maple Leafs, after a healthy offseason, felt like he was ready to go. Nope. Uh, a, an injury in a morning skate the night he was supposed to play his former team for the first time. And now he's out for a minimum of four weeks. So we'll see what comes of it. But now it's uh, it's it's Ilya Samsonov's time to shine. And with that also, you know, Robertson gets called up. Simmons is back with the main club now. Maybe those two can get into some games here down the stretch um, or in over the next couple of weeks. So we'll see what uh, what kind of all comes of this whole Matt Murray injury. Uh, but the injury didn't affect them on Saturday night because they were able to get a win in the Battle of Ontario against the Ottawa Senators. We will chat about that game in just a moment here, Dave. But first... Let's chat about one of today's show sponsors, and that's Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when the threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to virtually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority uh, police dispatch. Customize the perfect person for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL and save 20%. That's 20% you could save on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month completely free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morisuti. Um, the Maple Leafs able to get themselves a win despite the tough news uh, to Matt Murray earlier in the day. Ilya Samsonov gets the start um, second in a row. Played rather well, and the Leafs end up winning 3-2. to two. It was a bit of a, a late win. They had to hang in there for a while, but ultimately get the, the victory with old Justin Hall, just as we all expected to be the hero on the night. Uh, Dave, why don't we just go through our three stars and kind of chat about the game uh, against Ottawa. So why don't you start with your third star from the night? Uh, third star. There, there's quite a few. I, had, I thought this was an interesting game for the Leafs. Um, and I was dunking on Justin Hall for the way he was playing. I didn't think he had a perfect game, but he did score the game-winning goal. So I have to give him a star just because of that, for that reason. And he, it's funny, not so much that he scored, but the reaction from his teammates both during the after the goal scored 
and in the post post game press conference, I don't know if you caught what uh, I, I, Michael Bunting had to say about it. So, look, I I don't think Justin Hall has been perfect this season. I think you know there's issues that he needs to fix in his game, but he did come up with a big goal when the Leafs needed it. So I you have to give credit where it's due. Uh, he certainly did, and he comes up in in mine. I'll tell you that, but not quite as high as low as you have him, because I thought that he had a, a a pretty good game. My third star, I actually gave to uh, to one Bill Nylander, Bill Nye, the wrist shot guy. I thought Nylander had a terrific game. I honestly did. He was he was real solid. Where the top six, I thought, was rather quiet for a good portion of the night. There was a couple of shifts and periods where a little bit in the second half of the game where the top line started to finally generate some offense. And, you know, Willie had a couple good looks on, you know, he had the one on the, uh, on the breakaway, but ended up, did end up scoring a goal also to, to tie the game at two. So William Nylander is a guy who I certainly want to give some love to. And there was one shift in particular that I want to give, uh, give some love to here. Um, and I noted it while I was there, I watched it live, but Mike Kelly did a really good job. He pulled in uh, the game itself. And um, so let me just pull this in here. I can share the screen or share the tab. And we should be able to watch this here. Uh, yeah. So here's the play right here. So it comes in on a rebound, or it comes in on a breakaway, rather. Hits the side of that. And then, you know, some pressure sustains. Some more pressure, good pressure here, all because Willie brought the puck in, had a good breakout. And this was towards the second half. So this is Lee all leading up to Toronto's first goal of the game. But watch here. This is what I thought was pretty remarkable and what I think stands out differently about Nylander. Comes back and gets the puck. That was a four-check, and he took the puck, ripped it off of Shane Pinto, and he ends up creating a nice little two-on-one opportunity. Almost gets another goal there. And then watch this forecheck here as well. Coming right back again, gets the puck off of the man, flips it out, and then from here, doesn't get an assist, doesn't get a point. I think he even left because I don't think he got a plus minus here. But this is really where they're able to get their first goal. Muzzin, and it was hilarious. Everybody in the arena is yelling, shoot. And then there's that little high tip play by Camp. And that was the first goal for the Maple Leafs late in the period. But how many times did you see... William Nylander doing something good on that shift. He was all over the place. You know, he was in there, had a couple of good rush chances, good back check, flipped the puck out, got the breakout going for the goal. I thought that was a terrific shift by William Nylander. Yeah, that's the reason why he's my second star of the game, by the way, because I, I thought that without William Nylander, the, yeah, the top guys just looked flat. They didn't really have the juice, but he was the one that... that was getting them going. He had the breakaway, like just so many plays that, you know, he was, he was, he was kind of bringing the energy that was lacking, especially offensively. Like, you know, we didn't, we don't expect him to see him back check, but that back check play, which is one I wanted to highlight too, was it it shows growth in his game. Yeah. A lot of people think that was never going to be possible with him, but he's showing that it's possible. And I don't like, if you're a William Nylander hater right now, uh, I don't know how you can critique his game in a negative way, the way he's played the first few games. Dude, I got a text from my uncle 
old school guy thinks that uh, you know he was he was the person who got really upset when Wayne Simmons was waived because there's nobody there who can protect the the stars right that's the mentality that he has and he sent me a text the while we were watching that game and uh, literally said what did he say hold on one second I will find it here but basically what he was saying was uh oh Nylander didn't have the points oh he was upset that they ended up giving like a star to Matthews or something like that and he said Nylander didn't have uh you know didn't have rack up all the points but was definitely the most notable player out there on the night as painful as it is for me to say so he's starting to win over some of the old school fans starting to win them over which is good to see out of uh out of old Willie Nye the Rishat guy um, my second star, I, 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 the bottom six, like I'm, I'm cheating here, but I thought the bottom six actually played really, really well. Like all of them. I thought the third line was buzzing early. The fourth line had a couple of solid four check plays where they're able to sustain some pressure on like the top line too of, um, of Ottawa. And then obviously like David camp, fourth liner, the one who gets the, the opening goal. So for me, I thought the bottom six actually deserves a lot of credit for how they played. Played with some speed, but mainly the forecheck was nice. And Pierre Engvall threw the body around a couple of times. Had two or three solid hits in that game. And that's all I, that's, that's what you need to do, Pierre. Use your body every now and then. Good things typically will happen for you. I thought Kerfoot was great. He had a few, a few really good looks. He was buzzing early. So just the bottom six, I want to give a shout out as the second star. Yeah, the I I didn't. Yeah, the bottom six definitely ha, has been improving since that first game of the season. Uh, that fourth line, I yes, they haven't been the perfect line in terms of what we saw in the preseason. I think mean, they're getting there, right? When you play against better competition, there's going to be an adjustment period. But I think the bottom six has certainly shown up and has had a, a presence that was wasn't really felt in that first game and it's going to take time because you know teams are now realizing that that bottom six is something the Leafs are going to want to use more and more so you have to pay a little bit more attention to them so they're they're slowly getting to the game David Camp scoring the goal was uh was a nice little uh I think a nice little treat for the way that that line played yeah 100 percent and and now everyone's saying that this team's soft who's gonna like no one goes out there to lay the body Nicholas Abe Kubel averaging five hits per game so far through the first three. So not willing to, to muck it up in the corners, that guy. All right. Who is your top star? Curious who it could possibly be. Was it? It was Samsonov. Yeah, okay. 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 I, you want to give him some love? That's fine. I got to I gotta give him love because there were some – that game could have gone in a totally different direction, especially in the second period. Like the Leafs were kind of a little bit asleep at the wheel there, and he had to make some really tough saves. There was that one um, where the third period and the third period when Mott chopped at it. Yeah, like TJ Brody has it on a stake, and Mott just like huzzah! Like, yeah, like this one chopped at it, and he had to make a just a reflex kick save. Yeah, yeah, like that was like I I like that he uh, you know like sometimes you don't want a goalie to be just too reactive, but the fact that he can, like his reaction time on that save was just perfect. I thought it was actually going to go in based on how deep he was in his net. I was a little concerned about that. 
but I thought, yeah, I, I just think he's, uh, you know, he might allow the goal. You're just like, ah, he needs to stop that. But once he does, he's kind of just got it pretty much locked down. Uh, I know he had some trouble uh, tracking the puck on the Giroux goal, but he also had kind of no help in front of the net there as he's trying to find the puck. And yeah, clear it out. You got to get the D, the, the D to clear that out, right? You clear that out, tie up sticks, do whatever you can to make sure the guys don't pick up the uh, the garbage in front of that. But, no, I, I just think he's been – his two starts, yeah, you want you want the guy to pitch a shutout every time, but I've had no issues with him. Yeah, the, the first periods have been – I don't want to say rocky. Like, they've he wasn't rocky in the first period. Like, the one on the power play – it was a short side goal. Probably could have had it. Was it a bad goal? No, but he could have had it. Um, and then the other night, the the second goal that he allowed against uh, Washington, not a good one. That one right, went right through him. So the first periods have been a little shaky, but then once he gets into the groove of the game and the second and third really starts to play some some sound hockey, some sound goalie. So, um, yeah, he, he's – he definitely deserves a, a third star, and I knew you were going to toss him in there, so that's the only reason why I didn't have him on my three stars list because I knew you were going to give him love, which meant I had to give love to the game winner, buddy, Justin Hall. I had Justin Hall had a good game. I really did. Ended up with a 62% expected goal rating, but it was just the fact that he was playing more simple. He's making some plays and made a really nice play on that game winner to kind of take the puck to the net and then – little give and go and ends up going right to the goal and, 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 you know, crash and score. That's sometimes you got to do that. Now, if he was down there and he didn't score and then ended up, you know, two on one ensued the other way, maybe we're having a different conversation, but he, he went in and he scored and, and, you know, got a good little rebound goal to win the game. So, and honestly, afterwards, I, he, it was the biggest pop that of the night, I'm pretty sure was Justin Hall when he got, uh, when he scored that goal, when his name was announced, and then when he got first star in the arena, another big elation. I is Justin Hall doing a, a baby face turn here, Dave? From Wednesday, like from Wednesday to Saturday, has he gone from full heel to baby face? Is this is this? I, I don't know if he like, like. I'm usually the like the litmus test for that. I'm not totally there yet. He's he's no longer, you know, like on my list in terms of guys that I just am just having issues with every game. He bought some good. Let's just say he bought a bit of goodwill for me with that goal because I've had issues with him as much uh, seeing him pinch as much as he does just because he doesn't have the speed to get back. And if no one's covering him at the point, it just leaves Jake Muzzin in such a tough spot. But when the puck goes in the net, like it did on that play, you're okay with it. But I feel like if he picks his moments to pinch, he it can be very effective because he does have the size to be a decent, you know, option on the four check there. I just feel like he's gotta he's gotta just be a little more selective when he's doing it. That goal is a perfect example of when it works. But we as you mentioned, there was like in that first period, the two on one where he gets caught and he's nowhere to be seen yeah. when the play is going the other way. That's that's a concern for me. But the game where you get a little bit. I won't be totally hard on him, and that's why I gave him my third star. You know, you have to recognize when someone does a good play. Justin Hall did do a good play. Did you see this uh, post game sound? <laughs> from him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I'm gonna what? play it. Thorn Girls also says, you know, what you're known for. What? <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Sorry. No, it is true, for sure. So it's always good to pot one and, you know, help the team win. Was Bunting trying to say he got it, or? Yeah, probably, yeah. Thorn Girls says, you know, what you're known for. Oh, good old Justin Hall. He also got the hockey, he, the first hockey night in Canada towel from the Leafs this season. That, that, he was the first one, and that's that's a significant achievement for these guys. Like they, well, he's an American, so I don't know how much he cares about it. But I thought I read somewhere that he was like quite happy about it. Like, yeah, maybe he was, maybe he was, but I don't know. I feel like it's more of a maybe it's not more of a Canadian thing, but it would feel more special for Canadians just because sure. you know you know exactly what it's all about. Anyways, uh, we got one more one more segment to talk about we got a we got a game tonight actually dave so why don't we take one more quick break and we get back we'll tee up tonight leafs yotes down at scotia bank arena toronto was oh one and one a year ago they do not want to do that again this season and uh it all starts tonight so when we return we'll tee that one up for you i'm mike DeStefano with dave morisuti you're listening to the lockdown lease podcast part of the lockdown podcast network Welcome back into Locked On Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're your hosts here on Locked On Leafs. And uh, Toronto taking their 2-1 and one record on the season and putting it up against a team that they were 0-1-1 against a year ago, the Arizona Coyotes. That's right. Not the Colorado Avalanche. Not the Calgary Flames or the Edmonton Oilers. It was the Arizona Coyotes who Toronto could not beat last season in the two meetings that they faced off each against each other. Remember how irate I was on this podcast when they lost that game in overtime? Remember Jacob Chikrin completely, completely takes the penalty. Um, and remember Matthews, how pissed he was too afterwards and ends up winning the, the, the he went and took the, the goals or the game winning goal. Oh, Anyways, tonight they can try and erase all of that because it's a new year and a chance for them to uh, to really change a narrative that didn't get changed on Wednesday when it was you got to beat the teams you got to beat, right? You got to go in there and play hard, I think is a very key thing there. Play hard and just get the win, you know? Didn't happen last year. I think tonight, after seeing what we saw happen Wednesday against a very poor team in Montreal. I think it's going to be imperative for them to go out and get a big W here against Arizona. I'm going to stress this a lot that if the Leafs do not put up a dominant effort of the Arizona Coyotes, I like Sheldon Keefe should just lose his mind. And 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 by dominant, we don't necessarily mean they need to blow them out 8-1. No. That's not like they can win the game 3-1 and be dominant. You know what I mean? Like that could be the case. I'm not, I don't need to see a blowout. I just need them to control the game. And I just need them to make smart plays. I need them to work hard. I need them to forecheck, backcheck. Don't treat them like they are worse than you are because when you do that, you get cute. Like look how many cute plays 
they tried to make against the Montreal Canadiens, and those plays ended up getting broken up way too easily, sent the other way for some odd man rushes, and ultimately was was a big reason why they lost those games, right, off of just lazy play turnovers, trying to be too cute. So when I talk about tonight's game and when we get into kind of what are the keys to the game, keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Dump the puck in, forecheck hard, establish possession, and then work the puck out in front, and you can score that way. That, to me, is going to be the recipe for success. Because, again, this isn't a very good blue line. So pressure the blue line, right? Dump it in, pressure the blue line, force some turnovers, get in there first on the forecheck, establish ozone time, retrieve pucks, and then you can try and go and score some goals. So that, to me, is one of the the main keys of tonight's game. What's one for you, Dave? The Arizona Coyotes, through two games, are averaging 48 shots allowed. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're reading that correctly. Who they played? Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Boston. Yeah, two pretty good squads with volume. Squads the Leafs should be better than, right? Toronto's a volume shooting team too, though. So if the Leafs, in my opinion, if the Leafs do not get more than 40 shots on that, I will be surprised. (laughs) Given what we have seen from Arizona through two games, and they've allowed six goals in both of those games. So what you're saying is take a lot of Toronto prop shot or shot prop overs. Keep that game. Make sure you're betting on the Leaf shot props because <laughs> I will def. I haven't done them yet this year. I will be hammering them in this game. Yeah, I I would also. I mean, Neilander has been his shot prop has been like two and a half all season. I'm not sure why he's been blowing past that one. So go do that, yeah. Matthews against Arizona. I would also consider taking the over. His has been about four and a half. So. You're home for five, but if that's the case, they're they're giving up copious amount of shots, opportunities. Yeah, Toronto should definitely be a team that should be able to capitalize on that. Um, I, and also, like, get the stars going. I feel like Marner Matthews, like that top line, hasn't really gotten going yet. It's only three games, still very early. Zero concern about this. Let me just say that. But they don't. They haven't been as dominant. I haven't seen like like super effective dominant shifts like I had seen a lot last year. I haven't seen many times where I'm like, oh, this this shift is going to end with a puck in the back of the net from Austin Matthews, right? There haven't been many of those. So I'd like to see the Stars get going tonight. And I think that this is, this is a, a game that, you know, could be a point night type of thing. Uh, hopefully this is the one that gets them going before they head out on that California road trip. I will say this. I don't know if Jacob Chikorin is going to be back for this game, but he because he's been out the last few games. So unfortunately, the Leafs might not be able to get revenge from that moment. Um, but I, yeah, I think the Leafs uh, need to take advantage of, you know, a banged up uh, Coyotes team. What I does think- this lineup even look like right now? Let me so, go check out on uh, daily face off. I'm going to say right now, you're going to laugh at who who you see on the top line center. I'm going to let you pull it up first before. Oh, I I bet you I know who it is. I bet it's Boyd. Is it Boyd? Travis Boyd. Oh, yeah, it's Travis Boyd. Absolutely, it's Travis Boyd. How did Travis Boyd get top line center role over Barrett Hayden? I'll bring it up. 
so that everybody can see here. If you're not on uh, on on YouTube, we're pulling it up on YouTube. So if you're just listening, well, we'll we'll talk about it. But yeah, this is the lineup that they're playing tomorrow night. Travis Boyd, you got Nick Ritchie in the top six. Now, Big Rich did score a couple of goals in their opener. I'll say that, but Nick Ritchie is in their top six along with Lawson Krause, Dylan Gunther, a rookie, decent rookie. But yeah, Travis Boyd is your top line center. Not the best, not the best. Yeah, it's just, it's a tough lineup. It's a tough lineup. And then you get to the blue line, really not much better. You got Yanis Moser and Troy Stetcher as your top pair. That's tough. That is really, really tough. And then uh, in net, they got net. They still got that um, Vimelka. Vimelka yeah. had one real game against Toronto. Remember last time when they were in in um, in Arizona? Arizona. Yeah, he had like a forty-eight save. Sh- um, I think it was maybe a two-one game. Yeah, yeah, I think it was two to one. Matthew scored the first goal early and then didn't score again, and like kept to. He ended up. I don't know. There was some record that was up for grabs, and Vimelka just crushed it. Does Connor Ingram potentially get in? Or well, I know I mean, they just, they literally just claimed him. I think on Friday or something. He also had an unbelievable game. Remember last playoffs against Colorado? Yep. Lost the game ultimately, but there was like a forty-eight save, two goal performance or something like that that he ended up having fifty something saves. Like yeah, his goal saved above expected was like five in that game. It was wild. I remember he had a 51. He had 51 shots against. Yeah. Uh, that was against the Colorado avalanche round one he yeah. two goals. Yeah. Yeah. And it was game two, right? Uh, yeah. Game two of that series. Yeah. That went into overtime. He played, it was when, uh, he played 68 minutes. So they were, they were all over him. Like I'm telling you, his goal saved above expected that game was like five. Little surprise. I was I'm not gonna lie, I was a little surprised to see that he was waived. Yeah, over Kevin Lankin, and so was I. So was I. And uh I, I wouldn't mind if Toronto gave it a shot. Like, if, this was, if this was if he gets waived again, or if this was if Murray gotten hurt first, that would have been a nice little waiver claim to have as your number two, be Connor Ingram, give him an opportunity. This is the contract play. limit, though. The Leafs can't bring anyone in. Well, yes, there's also that, but I mean, they could trade a prospect and for like a conditional seventh to get the contract space. Yeah. They <laughs> can work around that. To be, uh, what's a player to be like? Just, just get, don't even have to give us anything right now. Just something to be determined later on. They had one of those as well. Conditional seventh round pick, one of those. Uh, all right, give me what do you what do you think is gonna happen tonight? Give me a prediction in this game. Oh man, I've been I've been off on these because I think I said four two Leafs. I wasn't too far off on that one. Uh, I'm gonna go six one Leafs. I'm gonna go five one. I think five one Leafs. We're going to be totally off on this in one way or two. If the Leafs lose this game, how angry will you be? I might not want to record. I've I don't think I've missed a podcast since I've since I've joined. <laughs> that might be the one where I just say, Mike, I'm not coming on, or Can't do it. I might not be in a state where I want to be on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Definitely going to. Be- Although I've been through, we I did. I, 
I have been on the podcast for some really rough, rough leaf losses. So, oh yeah, absolutely. It, would, it wouldn't take it wouldn't take the cake for the worst loss, but it would be up there. It well, that's it's a little. It depends how I they don't want to talk into it existence. That's the problem. Yes, it depends how they lose, but I don't anticipate it. I think the Leafs learn their lesson from opening night, and they don't take them. They, they just don't take them easily, right? Like treat them like they are an NHL team, that they are just as good as you, and you need to work just as hard as them to make things happen. That's what I think it is. It's just execution. Execute the details of the game. Don't get cute, and you should be able to mop the floor with this Play team. Play with a purpose. That's it, man. That's it. But the second they start getting a little cute, little behind-the-back passes, little you know, drop passes on the blue line, or they start these cross-ice feeds of you know 50 feet long and they get broken up, that's where things start to go awry. Keep it simple. Execute. Play with purpose. Play with detail. At least we'll definitely win this game by uh, multiple goals. I believe. All right. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You subscribe to Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Cuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. Leave a like and a comment down on YouTube if you would. That would be fantastic. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow morning. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be recapping the game against the Arizona Coyotes. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.